Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for your fifth Cocktails in the War Room after action report. Every Tuesday night at 8.30, live on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash WAF. We go live for Cocktails in the War Room. It started back on March 14th, and we did 81 shows in a row every night. Then we transition to the show to be on every Tuesday night at 8.30. And we're getting ready to celebrate our 100th episode. I can't believe it's been 100 episodes already. Now, recently on the Mistress Carrie podcast, Kevin Barbary joined me. He was on episode 17, if you haven't heard it yet. Kevin and I worked together for years at WAF, and he has the most amazing vocal cords. They're magic. They can turn him into absolutely anyone. His impressions are unbelievable. We talked about that and a whole lot more in the podcast episode. Now, what's an after-action report, you ask? Well, after someone appears on the Mistress Carrie podcast, if they join us live in the war room to answer your questions, we call it an after-action report. Now, as with every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, the videos are always available live on Facebook and then afterwards on Facebook and on my YouTube channel. However, if you're not able to sit around and watch the videos, we take the audio from those videos and put it up as a bonus episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast and thus the after action report. That's why I keep telling everybody to subscribe to the podcast because I'm constantly uploading bonus stuff after-action reports, situation reports, or the sit rep, which is your Monday through Friday, daily rock news, music headlines, and industry info. And you get it all in less than five minutes. So just hit subscribe to the Mistress Carrie podcast, and you'll get everything. So if you miss Kevin Barbary on Cocktails in the War Room on October 6th, 2020, here's the after-action report. Kevin, (laughs) how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. We wanted to give you a chance to come in for an after action report. So Kevin is live from his home studio, which we talked about in the podcast episode. And I appreciate all of the custom purple lighting because you're (laughs) on cocktails in the war room tonight. So thank you. You're welcome. I'm I'm sorry that people missed uh, when I was on with you before. I had the little thing set up that said "Hello, Carrie." On it, and I I didn't do that tonight. That's but, all right. You uh, you did it for the audio portion of the programming, but not for the video portion of the programming. Right. Just it's, for you. I appreciate that. How are you? Thank you so much for doing the podcast last week. Uh, yeah. A lot of great feedback. Uh, Shannon says great episode. Heinz says wicked cool. Tim says loved the podcast episode. Uh, Eric says, hello guys, RIP Eddie. Um, Joe says it's his own purple room. 
And Amanda says, love the episode. So um, I thought it was really cool. Um, You had texted me after we actually recorded the podcast episode saying, like, did I do enough voices? Was it funny enough? But I really like the fact (laughs) that we kind of talked about serious stuff and this shared kind of experience that we had at WAF. And um, I loved the backstory and I loved hearing you talk about how you formulate a voice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought now that we're going to be able to see you, I thought we could start by you giving an example of how you break down an impression, not only with your voice, but also with, because when you do Jeff Goldblum, you always do his hand gestures and stuff too. Right. So if you were going to break someone down in order to do an impression, how do you do it? Um, well, if I, if I'm, if I'm doing the impression without looking at someone else doing it and just coming up with it on my own, I usually begins with mannerisms. If, if someone has mannerisms, uh, you know, Greg or, or Mike Shearer, anybody can tell you, you've been in the studio and run our bar before you seen when I did voices, I would like with Jeff Goldblum, I would be doing those in the studio. Even though nobody could see him. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I would, I would put on like, I don't think I wore glasses at the time. So I'd just be like, you know, putting the glasses on be like, uh, Greg, uh, you know, there's dinosaurs in the break room, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it, it starts with mannerisms. It starts with, uh, finding little ticks and affectations that people have. And of course, getting their tone of voice. I've I've been lucky enough to be able to go super low with my voice as well as super high. So it gave me a lot of, you know, a lot of range. And the fact that I came from the South, but I don't necessarily have one of them Southern accents. You're not super twangy, no. Right. It put me in a good gray area to go Southern with the Southern people and Northern with the Northern people. And it kind of blend it when I go to California and things like that. So that that's been a big help. Uh, Mark Bishop was asking about Christopher Walken because we did not talk about oh. Christopher Walken in the podcast. Yeah. Hi, Bish. Bish was one of our regular listeners. Yeah. He used, to, he used to visit us a lot. Hi, Bish. You know, the thing about Christopher Walken is he doesn't use punctuation when he talks. He just keeps talking. And sometimes he goes high and sometimes he goes low and sometimes he whispers, we're in the, we're in the war room. We don't want to wake any of the, the war mongers in this room. So it's that, you know, it's that kind of thing where it's just all over the place. His voice is very unique and a lot of people do it. So, yeah, he, uh, there are certain ones like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester yeah. Stallone, <laughs> like these are yeah. famous impressions that so many comedians and voice actors do, but you always found a way to make it different in your own in a way. Yeah. Um, and it was also something I was having to do on a regular basis. When Arnold was governor of California, um, I was going in the studio weekly and making up a song about whatever was going on in the news related to Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, uh, and on the radio, those were more of a, a parody. I mean, they're more like, yeah. you know, very excited and Greg, you're so stupid and Carrie, go get the couch and throw it out the window. But, you know, in real life, he's more like, uh, you know, wear your mask and uh, spay and neuter your pets and uh, don't have uh, babies with your maid when you live with your wife. That was kind of it. So. <laughs> um, did you hear the news that 
Dazed and Confused is doing a live streamed table read of the script with the cast. And oh I, my goodness. I know. And I know you do Matthew McConaughey. Yes, I do. Um, it's it's more of the, uh, you know, the way he is now. So uh, a lot of the things he says, he believes he might be an older version of that character, but he's actually not. So he takes all of his apples and he puts them in one basket and then he throws that basket out the window. And uh, that's how it happens. Sean says, oh, no, sorry. Uh, Brad says, Kev, stop moving the camera. I'm getting nauseous. I feel like I'm watching the Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project? I was just thinking the same thing. My cat just pushed my studio door open, and I thought it was a fucking ghost. So I, <laughs> I, went over I was like, what? Uh, which would be appropriate. Like, you and I are talking to each other in our favorite time of year. I know. Which is Halloween. I know. And... Uh, so it was appropriate. But yes, I'll stop moving the camera because I was thinking the same thing. Blair yeah. Witch Project. Yeah. Or as this one of the stories, when, when I started The War Room 99 episodes ago, which I can't believe, wow. um, I started talking about a lot of the old AAF stories and about the story of interviewing Marilyn Manson on his tour bus when he had this dildo cam and he was... <laughs> And it was wired to this television in the front lounge of his tour bus. And when I walked onto the bus with Adam, our, our old promotions guy, yeah. he had the dildo in his pants and he was looking at the underside of his nuts on the giant TV screen in the bus and he called it the Blair Dick Project. And so every time I hear <laughs> the Blair Witch Project and like Dita Von Teese was sitting at the table in the front lounge and she was like, darling, why do you have to show everyone how hairy you are? And I was just like, I'm looking at Marilyn Manson's balls on TV. I'm supposed to be interviewing him right now. Like, it's just so anytime anybody ever says Blair Witch Project, I just think about Marilyn Manson's genitalia and I can't help it. And now you will, too. So you're welcome. Wow. I'm surprised I've never heard that story. I'm also surprised that he's hairy down there. You would think he's like, you know. He's hairless. Trim? I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't you know? I don't know. He was. And it like the hairs were like <laughs> huge because it, it was like a 35-inch flat-screen TV in the front lounge of the bus. And at first, and it was black and white. And at first, I just, I was like, what is that on the screen? And then a tarantula. Pulled, <laughs> yeah, and then he pulled this clear plastic dildo, and it had a light on the head with the camera out. And then he put it on his ear, and you could see all the ear hairs. And then he goes, I want to see where all my money goes. And he put it on his nostril, and then his nostril hairs were all huge. And then he just looked at me, and he goes, you? And I was like... No, I'm good. And then literally like a light switch, he just sat down and goes, so what do you want to talk about? And I was like, dude, I was just looking at your balls. Like, wow. can you give me a second? How yeah. many years ago was this? It was OzFest. So it had to have been, I think, probably early 2000s, whatever year. Can you guys in the war room, can one of you guys get on the Google machine and figure out what year Marilyn Manson was on the OzFest for me? I don't Is have still a- with her? No, they're divorced. No. Okay, I thought no. so. I, I remember him dating um, uh, the actress there whose name Rose I Rose McGowan. Or, Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, Evan Rachel Wood, yeah. That's the last person I remembered him being with, so I wasn't sure if... Yeah. Uh, I don't have a, a young Jamie like Joe Rogan does, so I have to ask the people in the war room to Google for me, and then they put up links in the comments. So if you go oh, back nice. and watch and look at the comments after the war room's over, there's just these random links and weird things. At 2002, Jillian says. Mark says 2003. 2002. Jillian says 2001. So I think it was on it multiple years. So it was somewhere in the early <laughs> 2000s. Interesting. Yeah, okay. it's very strange. So um, what are some of the other impressions that 
that we probably should have talked about in the podcast that we didn't, or if you guys have favorites, um, put them in the comments and, um, it was probably, yeah, 2001, 2003, he said, so something like that, um, it's coming up in the comments a lot. Um, but what other impressions do you guys want to hear Kevin do before we really start diving into Eddie Van Halen talk tonight? Because obviously, you know, that's the biggest story for all of us. And, um, and I do have a couple of, yeah, well, I want you to tell your Eddie Van Halen stories. That's why I'm saying like, if there's any other impressions, um, that you guys want Kevin to do, we got to let's do them now before Kevin starts telling Eddie Van Halen stories. Cause I know we got a couple really good ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, hello, just got on. No problem, Lisa. It's good that you're, it's uh, Oh, Morgan Freeman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> trying to think what I can say is Morgan Freeman. I remember the first time I met Mistress Carrie. She came in with that double extra mochaccino for me that I never paid for. And I appreciated it. I don't know. That's, that's Kim, all I got. Kimberly says, first year without rock and shock. It's definitely the apocalypse. It's so sad. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, there was a, um, so I took over rock and shock. I mentioned this in your, in your audio podcast. Uh, I took over rock and shock and started an events company with a partner in the music business. And uh, we were going to do it this year, but right after we, you know, started planning it is when the virus and the lockdown and all that stuff started. As of right now, nobody can even do those kind of events. So we won't be doing one this year, but we will be doing a horror convention next year. Uh, we're changing the name of it to the Rock and the Rock N with a letter N, the Rock and Horror Weekend. And uh, we'll still be having the musical acts, which will get bigger and better. And we'll expand uh, to other cities. And uh, there'll be some other things, too. We'll be doing a vinyl convention I mentioned to you and an oddities and antique sideshow convention. All kinds of stuff that, you know, little cool things that basically will satisfy me and my partner's uh, interest. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, gauge how many fans like these kind of things. So there's really no way to do it this year that would be any fun. So yeah, we're just going to. There's no way to really do anything this year and do it the right way. It's it's so hard. Right. Right. Um, um, let's see. Donna says uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Did you ever do? Ooh. It's really hard to do him on the radio because he says fuck like every other word. Yeah, I think I might have done some, uh, you know, some there were definitely some times when I did him and it was a very limited thing. Um, I don't remember what the bits were, but I know I did, you know, some Phantom Menace bits and uh, I did something that was Snakes on a Plane. It was a parody, but I don't remember what it was like people from South. Oh, Mark Wahlberg on a plane, I think, or something like that. But Jeez, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I really can only think of that one line. I am sick of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all. I, that's did all I you? Can think of for it. Did you? Because um, you do a lot of voice work. Like yes. you, that's your home studio. So I have MCHQ. Do you have a nickname for your studio? By the way, did you name your studio? Uh, my business, I guess, was kind of named by a listener. When I was let go, they started this campaign to try and to get me back. And at the time, obviously, it wasn't working, and it was called Viva Barbary. So the, biz <laughs> the business is called Viva Barbary, but there's no name for the studio. I'll have to come up with some. There's so much stuff going on in here because I'm a, a big synth person. Yeah, you've you got keyboards see. and stuff so, all over the place, and it's oh, crazy. Yeah. So it's um, 
It's uh, it's gonna have a name. I haven't thought of it yet. I have, you know, we in the basement we have more keyboards, and I call that the spacement. So it's <laughs> this is uh, this could all transfer down there at some point, maybe. Who knows? With all the voice work that you do, and obviously, who's been in the White House the last three and a half years? Have you mastered it's, your Donald Trump impression? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've gotten a lot of work as him. You know, some of the funniest stuff I've done has either been. Uh, Outside of commercials, I've actually been the voice of Trump on some cartoons and on some toys. So I don't know which toys they are because it's it's been just like a rapid. But I can tell you this. They're the best toys you've ever seen. Nobody's got any toys better than us. Uh, many people are saying the masks, uh, you know, could win a Nobel Prize. I love the Nobel family. They're great people. And I would love to talk more about it. But. I just got over the COVID and, you know, what happened was Biden touched Melania, Melania touched me, and I'm pretty sure it came from Joe Biden. That's pretty much right. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm talking. Excuse me. And I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. He probably had fake fingerprints from China because China hates me. And that's the end of the story. Oh, God. Um, All right. So let's talk about (laughs) I just it's so funny to watch you. I mean, I watched you work for years, but it's so funny to watch like comments like even just us swearing people think is so crazy because they listen for years and we could never swear. And now they're watching us swear and they're like, wait, you guys swear. It sounds so weird for your voices to have swears now because we couldn't on the air for so long. I think one of the things that I want to say we were probably one of the pioneers of starting way long ago is doing bits on the radio where I would swear and bleep it out. Yeah. Um, Which sounded way more convincing and way more realistic. I was in when I would do phone calls back when we had actual touch tone phones, I would go in the other room and when I would swear, I would just hit three of the buttons on the phone and just go, you fucking and people thought it was hilarious. Sometimes I would actually be told you need to bleep it a little longer because it sounds like too much of the word. Uh, but I, I credit AAF with with starting that kind of weird thing on the radio as much as I credit Greg with coming up with the word Mantown. As you know, I don't think anybody used that word until he started using it. And, no. and then it was And then it was Man everywhere. Cave came Man after Cave. it because, yeah, Man, Mantown was an original for sure. Yeah, he should have he should have trademarked that and yeah. uh, you could just retire on that money. <laughs> Seriously. Um, uh, all right, so let's talk about Eddie Van Halen. The news today coming out that he died in um, San Diego or no, Santa Monica, excuse me, at um, at the hospital surrounded by his family, age 65. We'd known that Eddie Van Halen was struggling and battling cancer for a while now. Um mm-hmm. But I think the news kind of surprised everybody. And obviously anybody that worked in rock and roll had encountered Eddie Van Halen on at least one occasion. And uh, we did a lot of different promotions and things with him. So I wanted to kind of give you a chance to tell some of your Van Halen stories. Yeah. Um, Now, I don't remember. I don't think I had met you at this point yet or if I did. I'm not sure if you were at this event, but I believe Van Halen is the first band uh, 
the big band that I introduced on stage with Greg. There were a, there were a bunch that came one after the other because I started right before the summer of '93. So uh, I was interning for you guys at the time. Right, you were there yeah. the day I started interning, and um, the only thing I remember about that concert is that it was at what was the time called great woods and uh and it was when sammy was already singing with with van halen come here wednesday and uh oh hello wednesday you know it's tuesday yeah and uh i can't turn the pug cam on right now because kevin's here so i'll just i'll, I'll pick her up this uh, way. say hi yes. wednesday <laughs> hello wednesday hi um and uh he was super, you know how he used to, uh, like in the old videos with David Lee Roth, he was always smiling and happy and stuff like that. That's the exact way he was in person um, when I met him that first time with, with Sammy Hagar and, and the rest of the band. Now, the second time, uh, and I am going to, by the way, I think I mentioned this on Twitter uh, or Instagram, but I am going to post pictures of, of us with Van Halen later. I just, I was in my car when I heard. Uh, no, it's just the away. news just it hit the Internet and just exploded. And it's yeah, it's this collective grief. And just to interrupt you for a second, sure. these are the days and the times that I miss AAF because you know what we would have been doing to commemorate a loss of this magnitude in rock and roll. There would yeah. have been online tributes and we would be playing, you know, all the deep cuts and all of the amazing music and people calling with their stories and I was so happy that we were coming into the war room tonight because one of the things that keeps coming up through this lockdown and through the coronavirus is when you lose somebody in this time, there's really a denial of closure, right? Because you can't have the big services that you would want to have. You can't have, have you been to a wake where you're going through the receiving line and you can't hug or or yeah. shake the hands of the, the family. And it's so strange. And so I thought, well, at the very least, we'll all be able to get into the war room and at least be able to grieve this monumental loss together. Yeah. You know, yeah. Now the, the last time, uh, the last time I saw Eddie, uh, was way different than the first time he was still super happy. They was way he was way thinner, and I believe he, he still had the long hair. He hadn't grown the beard yet. He still looked the same. He just like just kind of like a shell of what he was. So I think he was starting to uh, – he was either about to go clean and quit drinking and everything, yeah. or he had already gotten sick at that point. Because this, again, this would have been when Gary Sharon was in the band. So that was the second time that we introduced them on stage. Was that at the, the Hard first- Rock? Was that the thing we did together at the Hard Rock with, with- – Eddie and Gary, and they did Uh like a, not unplugged thing, but like a stripped down performance when they were in town. And that was six months maybe after I started on the air. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and it, so that was August of 98. And I remember being there, my show wasn't, I know it's crazy, right? And, um... I was on the air at night then, so this happened during the day. I think people had to win their way in at the Hard Rock. Yep. And it was this stripped-down thing, and I know Ozone was kind of – I think we broadcast it live during his show. It was like an Ozone Cafe kind of thing, and all of the jocks got to go. And um, I think I asked Eddie a question. that At one point, they were, like, passing the microphone around, and they asked me – I can't even remember what I asked him. 
But then I had to leave to get back to the studio for something before I could take a picture with him. And I was so bummed out that I didn't get to take a picture. And then if I'm not mistaken, the show, they had to postpone that show at Great Woods that night because somebody got sick. I don't know if it was Gary's voice, but they called me on the hotline in the studio because they knew everybody in the parking lot was listening to AAF to give an explanation as to why the show had to be postponed. And then they rescheduled it for like the next night or something. Do you guys remember all of this? If you guys. Well, that's funny. I did not. So I I remember doing the, uh, the meeting him and all that. I don't remember going to the show, so they must have moved it to the next night and I couldn't get back for it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very familiar. Uh, But it's funny because when Greg and I introduced them on stage back with Sammy Hagar, Extreme was opening for them, I believe. Is that correct? Do you remember that? It was either Extreme or Bon Jovi. So it would have been, but I think Bon Jovi and Extreme sound more like they would have been together. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, all those, it's so, I don't mean to trivialize things that like people would die to do, but I honestly can't remember. Well, was it, Van Halen and Kiss or was it Van Halen Extreme? Because there were so many, it's so quick when you go out, as you know, you hang out backstage and you meet everybody, but when you go out on stage and introduce bands, it's very quick. And it's very organized and they say, yes. you know, use the center mic, don't touch the mic, or they have right. a special mic that you're allowed to hold. But, um, you know, they tell you like, cause it's all timed up to the pyro and the intro music and so they'd be like, you know, right. you got a minute, go and do your thing. And it's 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 a lot of moving parts when you go out to introduce a band like that, for sure, because the production is so huge. Yeah. And they're but like, be careful of where you step because there's pyro and explosives on the stage. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Ah. Uh, but, but, you know, t- t- just to put it concisely, he, he was a really – uh, he did not disappoint to meet him. You know, there's there's a few people that I can say in the music industry who are huge. And um, he was one of those people that I put in there that when I met him, I was just in awe. And he was he was what you would want a rock star to be when you met him. Yeah. Not a not a jerk. Yeah. Uh, like super nice. No matter you know, no matter what kind of stories you know, there are about him and his personal life and his struggles and all that. He was not like that in person. And, and, uh, that was really cool. Keith says that the show was originally supposed to be on a Wednesday and they had to cancel it and they rescheduled it for that Friday night. So I knew that there was something like that, that there was, um, there was some kind of illness or technical problems or whatever. And I remember them calling Oops. me in the studio, like panicked, like, you know, because it was just in that Van Halen 3 thing. So it was already weird that they had another singer and they put this right. tour out and it was Gary's hometown show. And um, so I remember that. Uh, <laughs> I believe it I believe it was Gary that got sick. Yeah. And he felt yeah. so terrible that, you know, of course, the hometown show that they had to reschedule. And then it ended up being on a Friday night and the show was huge. And uh, uh, Michael Vorey says the Barbary ship is capsizing every time you tip your phone over. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> the, um, uh. the, the other time that I met Eddie um, was when they reunited with Sammy Hagar. And I think this was in, I want to say like 2005 or 2006 maybe. And they were, and Shinedown was opening up for them. And ah. I had gone out to Denver 
to go um, see the Shinedown guys. And I was backstage with Shinedown and Brent kind of came over because Eddie wasn't doing a lot of like meet and greets and press stuff at the time. And Brent said, have you ever met Eddie? And I was like, not really like, you know, quickly once at that thing at the Hard Rock. And, yeah. and Brent Smith was like, come with me. And Brent grabbed me by the hand and walked me down the hall and walked me into Eddie's dressing room. And when we walked in, it was just Eddie and a younger, obviously, Wolfgang Van Halen. And they were just sitting there. And I remember seeing Eddie. And I remember him. I remember being shocked that he didn't look the way that Eddie Van Halen looked in my head. Right? Right. That right. that he definitely was older and, you know, his teeth weren't really right. And I remember looking at his hands because you know, he had those big knuckles. And I just remember looking at his hands, almost looking like an old man's hands and trying to figure out like how he would still be able to play and do all of the stuff with the dexterity of his hands. And we talked for a few minutes and he was just sitting there noodling. And the more he was noodling, you could tell he was warming up his hands. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, like he can, I just saw. <laughs> he can still play. And so yeah. we talked for a few minutes and then we left and like 20 minutes later, I remember Brent just looked at me and he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I never got a picture for you. And so like there I was in this private Again. audience with Eddie Van Halen and Wolfgang while Eddie's just shredding in this little private thing in his lazy boy lounge chair in his dressing room. And um, I never got a picture with him. And it bums me out because I've had my picture taken with so many of my rock idols and that yeah. is one that I just always wished and kind of always thought, well, there'll always be another opportunity. And this is one of those lessons that, you know, you think there's always going to be another chance. And that's why we have to value the opportunities that we get when they come around because they just might not ever come around again. Right. Do you think, and, and this is a very, I don't want to say an odd question, but it's it, it's a broad question. Do you think a Van Halen will try and, put together something with his son to record again? Or do you think I, this is the end of it? I mean, or? listen, you know, you look at an artist like Prince or Malcolm Young that we're learning because we'll talk about it in the music headlines later that new ACDC is coming tomorrow and yeah. it's going to feature Malcolm Young guitar tracks because these guys would just sit at home in their home studios and just record, record, record. I have all the faith in the world that there is a treasure trove of guitar stuff that Eddie Van Halen left behind. Yep. And could I see the band trying to finish some of that stuff? Sure. Um, could I they see get them even tour? <laughs> Not yet. And if they don't want to tour that, maybe they would do a tribute show and bring in all of these amazing guitar players. Like that's what I would like to see. That would be great. Is they do it at like Madison Square Garden or something. Or I mean if they want to do it anytime soon. They would have to do it virally and remotely. But to be able right. to bring in every guitar player. That. I mean you look at guys like. I mean the list is endless of you know. A guy like Tom Morello or yeah. uh, uh, Lenny Kravitz or mm -hmm. Zach Wild. And you look at these guitar players. Every single one of them holds Eddie Van Halen up as a god. You know. Right. Etched in the granite of Mount Rushmore of rock. And so I would love to see like an all-star tribute to Van Halen. I think that would be amazing. But yeah. I don't know. Has That's what I would <clears throat> want as a fan. You know. Mm -hmm. Has uh, has David Lee Roth commented yet? 
not that I had seen since we got in the war room. I know that um, Sammy Hagar had put up something on Twitter. It was very short, but basically saying that he was devastated and that he was sending love to the family. Um, yeah. You know, it just... I don't know. I mean, obviously the family, the, you know, Alex Wolfgang, like the family knew that he was battling this for a long time. And so the family is probably not as surprised as we are as fans. The same thing happened with Neil Peart from Rush. Like the family obviously knew he was sick long before any of us ever found out. We didn't find out until after he passed away. So I I would think that, that an artist of Eddie Van Halen's caliber, um, and, you know, that someone is is going, all right, we have to put some kind of tribute thing to commemorate this monumental loss. Because in rock music, it's like there's only so many gods. Right. And he is one. Or, yeah. you know. So. Man. Um, mm. It just, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, just to have the opportunity, like you were talking about, to just kind of meet him a couple times and to be in the room with him and to kind of see him, you know, just sitting there naturally playing his guitar and to see him interact with Wolfgang when Wolfgang was younger and on tour with the band. And, um, you know, it just, you get to see like the human side of, you know, somebody and, and it's also a cautionary tale too. I mean, you know, he was one of those people that always loved to smoke and smoke. And it was part of his guitar solos and stuff. He stuck the guitars in uh, in the the strings. Yeah. So (laughs) it's like, you know, this is one of those things where, um, you know, we lost a God because of smoking, Mm -hmm. you know, or there was that. And then there was also the comments about the metal guitar picks that he used to clinch in his teeth because he had to have part of his tongue removed to the cancer. And so I believe it was Eddie that said it's not the smoking, that it was the pick that he used to hold. He had like this metal, I don't know if it was copper or some kind of pick. And I remember mm-hmm. reading a story about how he had attributed the mouth cancer to that. Um, wow. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm, as Mike Shue would say, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and somebody right. needs to buy Mike Shue a case of beer uh, tomorrow because we're getting new ACDC tomorrow. And everybody knows Mike Shue's formula that is completely scientific of any ACDC album in a case of beer equals a party. So very nice. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that everybody loved the podcast episode as much as they did. And it was so cool to, you know, get reconnected. And, um, I'm so glad that you came in the war room with us tonight too. And, um, we definitely got to do this stuff more often. I love it when we have guests in the war room because it, gives everybody a chance to kind of ask questions and um, I like that. it takes the pressure people, off of me, you know, I'm, su- I'm surprised more people didn't have questions about uh, other things besides impressions. I mean, I, we were both there for so long together yeah. that uh, you would think there'd be some like burning questions that they would want to know now. I know, um, but I think, I think we, I mean, the great thing about the the podcast is I don't edit them. Yeah. So that's the conversation. I mean, sometimes I tighten them up a little bit if somebody takes an abnormally long pause or something just because it sounds weird, but right. I don't edit them. And so they're just this natural conversation of two or sometimes three or four people just talking about whatever comes up. And I love that 
you know, there's no, you know, being in radio, it's like you were always looking at the person you were interviewing with one eye and looking at the clock with the other eye because you were always mindful of staying on time, having to play commercials, all of that kind of stuff. Um, you and, and I, you and I probably caught up of ten years of not really talking to each other. Yeah. In that podcast, like we could have kept going because you and I just we passed each other in the building and uh, haven't really caught up or talked about anything about I know. you know people we've lost and and uh, and being you know left without a station and all those kind of things just never. Never Karen, got talked about. Karen says she loved your Susan Sarandon story, which I also loved. It was oh. <laughs> slightly stalkerish and creepy, but it was a very funny story. Yeah, um, she was, and she was very nice too. And uh, oh, what was yeah. the name of the musical that you mentioned in the podcast? Um, uh, Come from away, uh, which is the nine yes. eleven musical about Gander Newfoundland. Um, mm-hmm. I did a whole nine eleven podcast um, last. September, um, which I believe is still up on the AAF website somewhere where I interviewed a lot of the people that are portrayed in the musical and that were also um, interviewed as part of the documentary mm-hmm. about the people in Gander, Newfoundland. And uh, if you haven't watched that documentary, um, please Google, because I can't remember the name of it, but just Google um, Gander, Newfoundland 9-11 documentary and it will come up. And the reason why I tell you to do it is that this documentary, the the anniversary of 9-11 is always a somber time. I mean, you and I talked about it in, in the podcast because we were together in the studio when all of that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you hear the story about the people in Gander, Newfoundland, and how they took on all of these transatlantic flights because they weren't allowed to land back in the continental United States after the call had been made because they didn't know how many planes had been hijacked especially with the 20th anniversary coming up next year, it gives you like 5% of happy feeling because when you know that all of that devastation was happening in New York and Pennsylvania and Washington, D.C., you know that there were these amazing um, stories of selflessness and humanity that were happening in Gander, Newfoundland for perfect strangers that had come from all over the world. And it makes you not hurt quite as much. And the, the, I mean, especially with all the time that everyone's locked down right now, I'm sure you can find the documentary somewhere online, whether it's on Netflix or whatever, but just please watch it. Um, Paula says I had to watch Oscar, which of course is the Sylvester Stallone movie that we talked about as well. I did watch Oscar a couple (laughs) months ago. It's my, it's off my bucket list. (laughs) Melissa says, um, So uh, I love the fact that people were were talking about that movie as well because it's definitely like a hidden gem for me too. So, oh yeah, um, I recommended it to a few people. And you know, after after we talked last time, um, I went and looked up the documentary. I added it to a watch list, and I believe the nine eleven documentary you're talking about, the, the Gander Newfoundland. Yeah, uh, but I believe there is a series coming out that is going to reenact that. It's no like a way, really? Yeah. It might be on Apple or it's on Netflix. I saw the trailer in, you know, like a mash of trailers on YouTube. And that was one of the ones that I don't remember the name of. It has a one word title, but I believe that's what it's about. Cause it talked about heroes, uh, had a lot of airplanes in it and it was in another country and it had to do with nine 11. And I was kind of 
not really paying attention. And I, but it, I think that's what it was because it looked everything about it looked like the same yeah. thing that was going on in the documentary. So Mark says so many people heard about the planes crashing into the World Trade Center on AAF, including me. And that's what's crazy is that that day, that that time that we were all in the studio together, when you ask people, where were you on 9-11, so many people's story and answer to that question is, I was at work or in my car and I was listening to AAF. Yeah. And it's so strange to be part of such a, such a memory that's kind of carved in people's consciousness, you know? Yeah. I mean, that and the, uh, the Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah where uh, some of us were actually down there yeah. when it happened. And we didn't know if some, some people were okay or if they were hurt that we worked with. That was, you know, on a smaller scale, not to, not to downplay anything, that was, you know, very similar. Yeah. Huh. Joe says, Google Gander Newfoundland and you'll find it. So there you go. Well, Kevin, take a gander. I, yeah, take a gander. I appreciate you coming in the war room so much. I hope yes. you liked you it. Come a- back anytime. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully at some point you'll be able to have, you know, have people there. Yeah. And uh, it'd be great if you could do it before Halloween. We could all dress in costume. I know. We have to figure something out just for next week because it's the 100th episode. Um, Oh, yeah. It's so crazy that it's already 100 episodes. You know, I can go into syndication and reruns now. Um, Ah, nice. (laughs) But but yeah, for sure we'll, we'll do that. I mean, the War Room... I call it my happy accident because it was just me going live like you are with your like cell phone or whatever. And it turned into the show that now has become something that I know is going to stick around. And it's and it's fun. I love doing it. And I love the interaction with everybody. And yeah, um, a lot of the artists that come in the podcast, you know, have agreed to come in the war room. And obviously, once the world starts opening back up and bands are touring, um, I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get, you know, bands and celebrities and guests to come in here and sit on the green couch too. And so, uh, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. It'd be we'll really fun. Some, yeah. So I'm having a really good time with it. Um, good, good. So it's, it's awesome. But I love the fact that you came in with us and I know everybody loved the podcast and loved seeing you and hearing all of your crazy ass voices. <laughs> yes. We'll see if we can uh, come up with some, uh, some, more entertaining things next time, some yeah. fake songs or something. I don't know what we can make fun of anymore. So I, I have know. To, you know, Michelle says, goodbye, sir. Love that purple room. Um, yeah. I love the lighting too. I got to get some of that in <laughs> MCHQ. I love it. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, All right. I will see you soon, Kevin. Thanks for coming on with us tonight. You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of the show. And this uh, interview, in case anybody, uh, tuned in halfway through or whatever the videos get put up not only on Facebook but on my YouTube channel and then I always take the audio out and put it up as an after action report podcast as well so everybody will be able to check it out if uh, they missed it live so great awesome. and I'll share the links when you send them to me awesome all right get back to work <laughs> all right. Kevin all righty back to work bye I'll see you later bye all right there he is Kevin Barbary You can find his episode, uh, it's episode 17, if you missed it, on the podcast. And if you want to go and watch the video and actually check out his home studio, uh, the video for every Cocktails in the War Room episode is available on Facebook and on my YouTube channel. But you got to show up live, especially on Tuesday, October 13th, because it's episode 100. Can't believe it's been 100 episodes. And there's so much more coming. 
We've expanded the podcast, not only with the after action reports, but the sit reps as well. So every morning you get up and you're getting your coffee or you're running the kids to school, you can get uh, filled in with everything you need to know in rock music, entertainment, and industry stuff in less than five minutes. So check out the Mistress Carrie sit rep. Just click subscribe on the podcast and you'll never miss anything. Plus, my official website and my online store are coming soon. In the description of this After Action Report are all the links to find Kevin Barbary on social media and also all of my social media links as well, including the Mistress Carrie backstage pass that's available on Patreon. And don't forget, new full-length episodes of the Mistress Carrie podcast every Wednesday. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.